Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 57 of the Rink Shrinks. We have a great guest lined up, uh, Matt Boldy, coming in, one of the hottest players in the NHL, 14 points in 13 NHL games so far. So what do you say? You ready to roll? Let's go. All right, buddy. It's good to see you. You look at you. You're all dolled up here, fresh off the the, the tube down on NHL Network. How you feeling? Yeah, I, I, I'm staying in character. There's there's something that I got to go shoot back for, but uh, feeling good. Awesome uh, to just kind of get out there. And I was doing it with my my buddy Kevin Week, so former guest on the Ring Shrinks. He gave us a shout out on the telecast tonight. So um, awesome. Yeah, he makes you feel comfortable. He's a pro, so uh, just makes you kind of feel at home and just sit on your couch and talk hockey. And that's kind of like what they want you to do uh, without the beers and not wearing a tie usually, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of the same concept. I thought it was like a zoom call that you thought we had and you just threw the shirt and tie on and, and you had like a pair of sweats or tidy whities underneath. You get my shorts on underneath. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, You're just, all balled up. Here's gelled. You got a little makeup on. I got some rouge on, got some rouge, <laughs> a little foundation. <laughs> Oh, awesome! Well, yeah, it was good to uh, good to see you. Obviously, a little recap down in uh, Florida it was good to hang out. We uh, some really good hockey games, some competition. Obviously, we were down there with my 2009 team. Those guys, Matt Miles and Steve Aleski, do a really good job with the tournament and balancing the teams and the competition. So, I know you had to take off after Friday and after we recorded and everything, but tough loss to uh, a good Pittsburgh Junior Penguins team in the semis and. Uh, but it was good, like really, really good games. Met a lot of good people, met a lot of fans of the show. So shout out to uh, to everybody that we talked to that, you know, was uh, a fan of the podcast. So it was, it was really good stuff. Yeah, getting down there and, and actually just being a fan and, and watching the games, really high level of uh, play. And, you know, I, I know we're, we, we do this, we're on the ice together a lot, but like you really do have your team playing at a high level, knowing, you know, what – the right plays to make in even pressure situations or just like you guys were on the same page from the D zone to the neutral zone to the offensive zone. So it was really good to see. And, um, but the level of competition was, was really, you know, strong. So you guys had to push and the, the two games I saw you guys won, but uh, no one and lost one and one. But I, I think that you guys could have, have beaten any team. You're capable of beating any team. And that's what you want. You want a little, um, yeah, versus if you rolled over a bunch of teams, it doesn't make that trip worthwhile, right? Right, right. So especially traveling that distance. But yeah, that's it. I appreciate the kind words, and obviously for for me, it's you know it's a good as a coach. Um, it's it's you know it's really fun to coach kids that are engaged and interested and are really you know sponges and believe in what you're what you're talking about. So it's it yeah it's it's definitely definitely a good time. Obviously. Um, I don't think I'm going to be the next Marty St. Louis or anything, but uh, it's it, it's a fun group to coach, good group of kids and parents and everybody on the same page. So yeah, all I was going to say that the parents are the MVPs though when you, when you go away and you get some great people on that team and you know d- dominated the hotel lobby a few times with them. So uh, hats off to the 
09 Terry appearance. Yeah, no. Yeah, it was good. The liver uh, definitely needs a break. That's for sure. And and I know we talked last week about my crazy, you know, get her, get, getting things going when we got down there and not getting into a hotel room. And then my Mickey D's order was a little aggressive. But I think you may have topped it. Um, I got to walk people down this 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 road. So we went to Panera in between games and Mott's orders in front of me. And we had a few kids with us, Joanna, um, my kids, a couple kids from the team. And it was, I mean, there was soups, there was mac and cheese, there was sandwiches. Uh, what else? I mean, it was out of control. So if you go with the pick two, you can get, you know, a, a soup and a half sandwich. You know, I went with the full sandwich. Full sandwich, though. Yeah, right. Full bowl of soup, not, not, a, not a cup. <laughs> and then, like, I asked for the buffalo uh, mac, and, mac cheese, and cheese, but yep. she just gave me, no, it was the broccoli mac and cheese, but she just gave me the regular, which is fine. But I was starving. I was like so hungry, and then um, I think there was one little, one other little side uh, cut. No, you, you had another side cut. Yeah, what was that? The mac and cheese. Well, the salad, I guess, counts as one. Yeah, try to look a little bit healthier. Well, I was like, you know, like you you order all that Mickey D's like you did, and just get a diet coke. You like our. Oh, we went for multiple cookies afterwards. Oh, yeah, remember she, she, she upsold us though. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, they're only a dollar," and and you know, it's like we just spent one hundred and fifty dollars in Panera for a noontime lunch. Like, thanks for the ninety nine cent cookie. Yeah. So anyway, I you know clean clean play club, which you know if you're gonna order and like sometimes your your eyes are bigger than your stomach, just like the kids. But I made sure I buried it and. That's why my pants are a little tight here on the NHL Network. <laughs> exactly. I, I just suck it in. Uh, I thought you were holding in a fart <laughs> yeah. when I was watching you on TV last night. But And then you introduced me to um, Hungry Howie's after we, we hung out with uh, the Hulk the stuff, which was, uh, I mean, talk about, like, this would be like the modern day, like, for us, I mean, meeting Hulk Hogan was pretty legit. Yeah, well, I mean, like I, I mentioned to him, uh, and I talked to his daughter Brooke. It was like, "Hey, you know, I'm still a Hulkamaniac. Eat my vitamin vitamins every day." You know, he was just like an influential. You know, he's an entertainer, but like, who cares if it was somewhat fake? Some it was more real back in the day, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. No, and I just love like as soon as you, he's like, "How you doing, brothers?" Yeah. Like the first thing, what's up, brothers? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, brothers! <laughs> I was dying laughing, but no, it was good people and. We got to hang out at uh, Hulk's Hangout, which was was cool after the little Q&A session we did with Trevor Daly and, and Christopher Stieg and uh, and Steve Oleski from the tournament. So it was, it was really cool. And the Hulkster, I mean, he's like 68 years old. He's still he's in so unbelievable good. shape. Yeah. A good uh, guy, too. Really good, personable. And, you know, like Hogan's Hangout is right there, you know, doing really good, you know, um, you know, bar food and, you know, like a bar, it's like a bar, but it has good food, but ha- having him in there, it's just going to draw people in. Like a couple people came in and was like, do you want Hulk's going to be here again? You know, like we, you know, we have to leave. We're so upset. We got to go catch a flight. You know, do you know when he's going to be? So, but he's very personable and it's kind of really neat, neat to meet one of your, um, you know, kind of childhood, I wouldn't say an influencer, but like someone that you, you watch on a consistent basis. He's yeah. an athlete, entertainer, and uh, he's done a really good job. But you know, he's a pioneer, really. Yeah, no, he's unbelievable. It was it was cool. And then the post uh, the post meet Hulk uh, stop in at Hungry Howie's, which if if 
you haven't tried down if you haven't tried hungry howies i had never been there but mots we went very out of our way to find this place and i mean we knew we were walking into a full lobby full of parents so we're like all right we're gonna we're gonna get a couple pies uh, you know a couple subs and divvy them up for everybody and it was certainly mvp of the night so talk about where, where, where did you find hungry howies so my son ryan and i went out to the winter classic when it was at notre dame and we flew into detroit it was like a cheaper flight grabbed a, a um, rental car and just shoot uh, shooting down we're again hungry and we just popped in there because um courtney my wife's uncle is howie right howie jacobs owns tootie's fine jewelry in in quincy if you if you're uh, if you're interested looking. in sponsoring and you know he's like just a great guy my son loves him and he's like look at this hungry howie's i'm like we pull Man, in we're starving it was really just for the the picture but like we went in there and they have this flavored crust you know it was it's a really good spot i, I don't know where the chain is chain is originally from or like where the bulk of them are but that one was in between detroit and indiana we saw one down when we were going to your game um earlier that morning and i was telling joanna we gotta hit it and then i looked it up and it was a little off the beaten path but we ended up hitting it up and I think everyone was uh, impressed. Uh, yeah. Oh, it. I mean, when we rolled into the lobby at at let's just call it midnight, that we were MVPs. That's for sure. <laughs> most valuable pizza. Most valuable pizza, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it. Everyone won. You know, like we we were able to bury. Actually, we did not eat any on the way home, which that's is not. It's not my style. Usually, I take a couple slices. But I so think hot. you try. It was so hot. Because yeah. I was driving, you were you were ready to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was really hot. But at the end, uh, we did over order, so there was some left over, and we gave it to the guy behind the counter uh, for putting up with our nonsense. And uh, he was extremely appreciative. Yeah, he's like, "Whoa, things- this, this thing's full." I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those little things go unnoticed, but you got to take care of the you got to take care of the guy that's going to kick you out of the lobby once the they've kicked you out of the bar, right? uh anything going on with you i mean i've been i've been talking about myself a little too much here we got um you know over the weekend went to uh brooks game my my daughter brooks game they they got pumped pretty good by uh by a team but you know she she got beat up hope they didn't lose the lessons no no and you know she shook it off but she was you know getting uh pushed over they had a bigger bigger team jeff kelty's daughter was on that team Oh she, yeah, yeah. She skated with us before, right? Yeah, she came to the sixth line camp um last February. She's a good good player, so I got to catch up with him, which was nice. Um and then went we went right from there to my daughter Rowan's uh volleyball tournament. So she got into that and she's doing great. And um we were at Quincy High, so there was like a there's like a little, you know, uh, track or whatever walk around. Balcony. yeah up top i've been yeah. in that gym it's a nice gym and i was like this is a perfect spot to make a sign and and have like a foghorn and stuff and um <laughs> just embarrass 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 <laughs> but uh were you yeah, that so, guy no i was just kind of like cheering and it was fun to um to watch it like i'm a, I'm a big fan of volleyball um especially with my daughter playing and you know she's gotten you know pretty good uh, quickly it's a sport that if you're an athlete and you kind of understand what you need to do you can uh you can kind of gain some strides um and have some success so 
that was a fun, fun little. Uh, that was just the, the the Sunday. So Saturday, I put in a Bruins alumni game, and you know, just mediocre out there. You know, well, just... I mean, you did rip it with me in FLA for a couple of days. So <laughs> yeah. they, I hope they weren't expecting much. No, it just pushes to the better player. But then that, that's getting you know into a spot where. You know, there's there's some younger guys like Andrew Alberts was there that that game, and he can still motor and yeah, Albie's um, good good player. Yeah. So it, it's really just about the locker room and hearing some more stories. So it's oh, that's awesome. It, it, it good for good cause, yeah. Awesome, good stuff. We uh, obviously the the recap the bean pot quickly. I know you went in there. Uh, Bu took it down one nothing, which was. Uh, a, a crazy uh crazy game zero zero game for most of it but that was fun and you know for for me um you know as kind of an unbiased fan it was cool to see bu win it after they hadn't won in a few years which was very unlike them i know for a long time there it was basically like the bu invitational yeah no it was a great game it's always a good um uh, environment good atmosphere but uh the better team won that night for sure they carried the play most of the night. Northeastern was on the heels. Uh, they only had like nine shots. Yeah, for a while. Yeah, like into the third period. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but the last like eight minutes or so was a pretty exciting game. You know, there was chances being being had at both ends. And it was just a really nice, you know, game-winning goal where, you know, showed patience, cross-crease. So I was talking to a guy who was, you know, just asking me questions throughout the night but um i don't i want to ask you do you like your d sliding define sliding for me so like on a two on one oh 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 i i didn't yeah yeah no so on a two on one so on that game winning goal harris who's a, a very good player good player i know he I goes know. down like short side of the net and it, and it was just and it went like right through the blue, so the goalie could have had a little bit more of an active stick, maybe. You know, I'm he's just yeah. looking at the video or whatever, and it ends up in the back of the net. But what what do you, as a coach do you um, encourage a slide, or would you want him to stay on his feet? No, I I think dating back to my youth, I was always uh, instructed by my 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 father, who was a pretty good defensive minded player. Um, to stay on your feet. Uh, I, I do understand at times like desperation kind of going down. And, you know, obviously that was just a, a, a skilled play. Dylan Peterson scored from um, Armstrong in the last couple minutes of the game and it, it, great patience he showed, but I think Harris, if anything, he went down a little bit early, but recognizing that that guy's on his, he was a lefty coming down a strong side, like, Outside you've got to outside the dots, like you've got to stay on your feet there and, you know, take away the passer or, or the, is the passer the right word? The, the receiver and, you know, let your goalie kind of make the stop there is, uh, is what, you know, what, what I would say, but it, it, it's funny. You talk to different guys and guys that played in the NHL and that, you know, I remember who's was it, was it Derek Morris's interview, like way back where he was, I think Patrick Ruat told him like he wanted him to go down so that he, the guy had to sauce it over him so that like Ruat, you know, knew it, it almost bought him more time. You know what I mean? He's like, the pass is going to get through anyway. So I'd rather see you go down, have the guy have to saucer it, saucer it, which slows the play down a bit. And, um, 
know, he, that would give him enough time in his mind to make the save. So I definitely see both sides of it, but I would strongly encourage and, you know, stay on your feet as much as you possibly can as a defender. Yeah. I just think your goal as a defenseman on a two on one is to not allow the puck to get through no matter what. Right. So if it's sliding, it's, it's interesting because like a lot of the slides you want to go feet, you know, towards the net and like that short side of the post. But when you're defending on your feet, you want to use the middle of the net and, and start fading a little bit back towards back post. Right. So it's like really you have to decide one or the other if yep. you're going to use either one. Uh, you know, it was a pretty quick play from the blue line in, but that's where you can practice those. And, you know, and again, it's personal preference, but as coaches, sometimes you, some coaches just hated it. Some coaches encouraged it. So I was just getting your thoughts. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good question. You stumped me at first. I'm like sliding where? Like <laughs> I, I thought you meant like doing the electric slide or something <laughs> like yeah, late so, night. I mean, whatever it, it takes. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good dance. <laughs> I, I dominated it in the uh, junior high days. Oh, yeah. Boogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> it's electric. Uh, did you take in the Super Bowl? Obviously, it was uh, pretty cool to see L.A. win. I, I really didn't care too much about it. But we we made uh, the power move. Our flight was getting delayed and then eventually canceled. And and we jumped in the car um, and, and took the three and a half or so hour, hour ride from Tampa over to Lauderdale to where my uh, – with my, you know, to my brother's house, I I'd thrown a text out to Wit because I knew he was down there. So we were able to take in the game with with my sister sister in law, and then um, her and 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 Keith's daughters, and then a bunch of a uh, bunch of kids. Wit brought some people over, had a ton of food, and it was kind of a power move to do and, and dedication to the car ride. But the ride was pretty quick, and it was you know extended the stay a little bit, and it was it was fun to take in. And when I heard you uh, made that move, I was like, that's it's more of a veteran move, power veteran move. Right. Where it's right. like, it, and I don't know if you had it in the back of your mind the whole time, but. No, just, really didn't. Really yeah. didn't. It just, as soon as we woke up and we're hearing that flights were getting pushed back and all that stuff, it was like, oh. And if Kristen wasn't, like Kristen had come over to to Tampa to see us and watch us play. So that she, she kind of influenced a little bit. I think she just, she's like, it'll make my car ride a little, um, a little smoother if like we split up one of her kids and one of my kids, you know what I mean? Instead of having the, the, the sibling rivalry fighting over iPads in the back seat. So it was, it might've been a power play by her. Yeah. Well, it's, it takes a village. Let's put it that way. It exactly. Village. And we were able to catch up late night uh, on the three-way FaceTime as, as so Mott's Mott's FaceTimes me at. It was like 1130. It was so. after the game. Yeah. Post game. Yeah. Post game where you know I'm I'm having my uh, glass of red nightcap and then we get FaceTime from Keith and did the three way call. Mots is out shoveling his driveway because he's just that's that's just his script, I guess. It doesn't matter what time of day or if it's post Super Bowl or not. So he's out at twelve o'clock at night shoveling the driveway. We did the uh, which we, we didn't even know we were capable of doing a three way FaceTime call. That was impressive. You know, you're like the the three way guy though. Like you can, you know, get merge a call. Um, I always drop them, but connect the dots. Yeah, um, yeah, that was great. So we were down right down the street. Uh, the whole family went over to my buddy Bobby Palmer's house, and we watched the game. Didn't watch the game. It, we didn't have really a vested interest, but it was 
just a, a good time to have everyone together. And then we got back and the snow was piling up and I just needed to uh, get out there and, and shovel it. Um, get and your I shovel on. Brushed off Ryan's car. And um, it, in the morning, it didn't seem like anything was done because it just kept <laughs> coming. I didn't realize it was supposed to snow that much, but. No, um, we had no idea. But it was great to catch up with you and, and KY just on, I was out there and he's just, he's just shaking his head. And Hazy was, uh, you know, in the background. And we're anti- they, were, they were all over you. I know, we were just chatting it up. But it was great to see those guys, um, those roomies. The roomies yeah, exactly, Down exactly. Well, speaking of snow, um, hopefully everyone's setting up their backyard rinks with this cold weather we've been having. If you're still in the market, our friends at TSR Hockey have three different size kits you can choose from. And if you don't need the whole kit, individual liners and brackets are still available. They also have in the new Bauer Rex skates, the Whistler skates, and are almost sold out of the Expedition skates for ODR season. Uh, Once again, thank you to those guys up at TSR. They do a great job up there. And they're also, uh, you know, next season, as crazy as it sounds, is kind of around the corner. So make sure you hook up with those guys for your team needs for next year and Get those fittings in early. They can they can take care of you in many capacities. Much we uh, we got to talk quickly about the uh, USA and Canada. The men's teams are both eliminated, uh, and then tonight uh, we're we're recording this here on Wednesday. But the USA and Canada women are playing tonight. So what do you what are your thoughts on on both of those things? I should say. Yeah, it's t- I mean it shows the strength of some of the the players that aren't playing in the NHL from other countries that know how to play together and they play you know a pretty you know sound team game and and that's like so important in these short tournaments um you know as far as the u.s it, it was interesting to see the footage from uh what was it Mero uh satan he had the video out uh and he was on uh you know a youth hockey practice and he showed you know slovakia beating the u.s and the kids just went bananas. They're throwing their gloves. They're skating around. So it's a, it's a nice feel good moment for them. But unfortunately for the U.S., they they had a a good run. You know, they had a good roster. They're playing well, but um, just couldn't pull it out. They they let let that game slip away and then lost it in the uh, the shootout, which pretty disappointing way to lose a a, a game. You know, and I know that's the the model that they have the shootout, but it would be nice to finish you know, on a five on five or four on four, whatever, where it's a team game. Yeah. I mean, the U S can't complain too much about it. When you think back about TJ Oshie, Troy Terry, some of the different international tournaments that they've capitalized on and winning uh, with the shootout. So they, they, they got to be careful about their complaints. You know what I mean? Yep, exactly. So the, these guys um, tonight, U S Canada women's exciting. They, they just don't like each other, which no. is kind of an interesting dynamic and, you know they play each other so so many times because they're very comparable in skill sets and um you know just like the team uh makeup so you know this is where you know when we were chatting with some of the uh the former olympians it's this is where you 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 have to find you know the girls tendencies you know what they're trying to do and then it's just it's a grudge match and so it's gonna yeah. be a good it's gonna be a good game no it's it's you know what's cool about it it's every you're getting, and you've you've said this before, but it's it's a one game Stanley Cup. You know what I mean? It's it's literally they're just it's their Super Bowl, and they're gonna get the best of the best uh, out of both teams, and it's super exciting to watch. Obviously, 
Uh, by the time this airs, we'll know the winner, but I got to go with the U.S. I think that they're buzzing right now, uh, especially losing to that game early in the Olympics to to the Canadian team. I thought it was a good battle, and I think uh, a lot of times when when those things happen, the the other team kind of comes out on top. So they yes. they wanted a little bit more. Just tough to beat a team twice in in these short tournaments, and I think it's going to come down to goaltending and a. I think the uh, the U.S. Has, has an edge in that category. So no, that's good. Uh, we did. I, I I mentioned it quickly early, but I thought it was. Uh, and we don't talk too much NHL, but the the you know Marty St. Louis, who I know, uh, obviously Hall of Fame hockey player. Um, you know, my brother played with him in New New York. I've been lucky enough to meet him. Uh, a super intense, like unbelievable player. But you know, he was a youth hockey coach not too long ago. But I'm super excited to see what he is going to do with the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously, his roster at this point, especially unloading people, uh, isn't going to do him any favors, but I really am looking forward to what he brings. And I kind of like the hire, just them going outside the box a little bit, like a, a, a new wave, a new coach with a, a fresh slate. It's not one of those old guys that have been recycled through. Like this guy encourages kids, uh, I'm sorry, his kids, his players to like go out and make plays and and you know not be too structured and, you know, I think he's going to really be able to relate to 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 you know the new age athlete. You're a Pee Wee coach, right, Py? I am. All right, so keep your phone on. You never know. Edmonton, <laughs> Edmonton just hired, but like there's plenty of uh, other spots out there that you know could be looking for that fresh uh, voice. But no, to your point though, um, Mindy was a great player and undersized. Didn't get a, a fair shake in Calgary when he was you know uh, when he was up there and. He just turns into a, a league MVP, Stanley Cup champion, Hall of Famer, and but it's through his work ethic, his skill set, and his you know kind of desire to not be denied. And that was um, you know what I saw in him as a player, uh, and I know that he translated that into his coaching. But he's an organized guy, and you know what what I like about this situation is that there's really no uh, pressure on him to go up there and, and see what he can do. It's a good time. It, the timing is good. You know, Montreal is down right now. They unloaded a couple of players. They, they're going to unload more. But it's just really about kind of starting from the bottom and, and creating a culture that, you know, you want to be proud of. You want to, you know, Montreal is such a historic, original six, proud organization. You start and kind of just push the reset button, have Marty kind of be the face of it. I think that you know it could turn around very quickly, but I'm interested to see kind of his approach and see how the team responds when uh, he's behind the bench. Yeah, no, I think it's awesome, and obviously the connection there with Kent Hughes, who's the new GM up there and longtime agent, and done a you know great job. And their kids played against each other a lot, uh, so he knows Marty inside and out. But also uh, their kids are teammates now at Northeast, and you watched them the other night in the Beanpot Final, so it is cool. And and you know, like I said, my you know. Keith, having played with him, he loved his, you know, loved him, loved his work ethic. And I think he, you know, he, he had, you know, in his career, he had so many coaches and I'm sure he took, you know, he's taken little pieces from each one along the way and, and kind of developed his style. And I'm excited to see it. I think it's, uh, I wish, I wish him the best of luck. How about uh, Boldy's r- rookie hat trick the other night? Yeah, I mean, the the good thing is, is, you know, if he keeps scoring at the pace that he does, you know, he's got 14 points in 13 games going into tonight. You know, he might even be able to afford a, a, a solid internet service and, and not be mooching off of Jordan Greenway's dial-up. <laughs> you know? It's so good. Yeah, and he was blaming us. 
like, yeah, oh. he, was, he was blaming us, and we were sitting in the in the hotel together. Oz was working perfectly, but no, uh, I mean, I, this kid's awesome. He's a stud. Uh, you guys, you know, everybody, I think, is going to really enjoy this interview. Uh, obviously, Matt, first round pick with Minnesota, played at BC National Development Program, and and you know, great article that was in was it in the Mass Hockey Magazine not too long ago? Yeah. So super, super cool to see that. And, you know, since we talked to him, he had a nice little hattie this, this in the past week. So we gave him a little bump. Yeah, we call that the rain shrinks bump. Yeah. Hey, why not? So without further ado, uh, Matt Boldy. All right. Our next guest on the rain shrinks podcast, Matt Boldy, a native of Millis, Mass, drafted 12th overall by the Minnesota Wild in the 2019 draft. Welcome to the podcast, Matt Boldy. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. So, Matt, we're uh, we're super excited. Obviously, uh, you know, we usually start off down, you know, at youth hockey level, but just talk about that experience and coming to Boston for your your first game and scoring a goal. Let's let's lead off with that. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty nuts. I think. Uh, I mean, I signed last year after a couple of years at Boston College, so I was kind of waiting for for my first game and about some injuries, so. Took a little bit longer than I, I had hoped of uh, this year, but just to, to get that and for the timing to be so perfect, it was unbelievable. Um, I can't even tell you how many people I had there. I had all my friends, all my family, just people I grew up with, people I haven't talked to in years that, that kind of made it there. So that made it a lot more special. And just, just, just to have my uh, my family there and stuff, it was, it was a really special moment and couldn't have drawn it up any better. So safe to say that check was a little light that week, huh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely a little light. Yeah, it was amazing. I might, I might have paid. Yeah, I might have paid to play that game. <laughs> you paid your, you, yeah. Yeah, to play your first game at the Garden. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. But it was amazing to see your family's reaction after you scored. It was just like such an emotional uh, time, not only just to score a goal, but to do it in Boston in front of family and friends. And I mentioned it to you, I was on the uh, NHL Network, and I was just so pumped. You know, fellow Eagle, just – kind of like pumping your tires but it was an unbelievable game other than just scoring the goal too like you know you, you get in there you're making your plays and um it was just a it was really cool to watch yeah thank you it was honestly it was it was a lot better than expected uh having my family there and stuff it was uh a lot less nerves than, than i think i would have had somewhere else so it was it was pretty nice to, to have them no, that's great. Uh, well, rewind us. So, you know, here on the podcast, we like to talk about, you know, where where your path started. Um, you know, when did you fall in love with the game? When did you start skating? Walk us walk us down that road. Yeah, I was kind of always in love with it ever since I was born. I got a uh, older brother, um, he's four years older than me. So I was kind of born into him loving hockey already. And he was kind of starting to get into it. And uh like I said, I was just born into kind of that atmosphere. So I had sticks in my hands ever since I was little, before I could walk, just kind of whacking it around, rollerblades as soon as I could walk on the ice, not soon after that. So it's kind of just, like I said, born into having an older brother and wanting to be like him. So everything he did, I wanted to, wanted to do and be better than him at. So <laughs> growing up, it was uh, we had some battles for sure, but he definitely sparked a lot of my interest in it and kind of forced my love into the game for sure. Well, now you, your dad was a football player at university of Maine and, mm-hmm. you know, as, as far as football went, did you, um, you know, did you play the other sports? Did uh, you and your brother, you know, play other sports, uh, including football? 
Uh, we never played football, actually. So we grew up in uh, – before we moved to Millis, we grew up in an even smaller town than, than Millis, and they didn't even have a football program at all or really anything close. We kind of grew up in a really small town, so they didn't really have a football program. So we got knocked over to my dad's uh, second favorite sport in hockey. Um, he was kind of – he was in love with just the speed of it and how fast it was and obviously the physicality. So it was uh, – it was an easy choice for him, but we grew up playing a lot of sports. We uh, grew up with baseball, lacrosse, um, a lot of golf, which we still play now. But uh, we uh, we kind of tried a little bit of everything, which was nice. What's the handicap at? Uh, I'm pretty good. I was at a plus 1.2 this summer. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's pretty solid. Wow. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a good summer for sure. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I'd say so. So I... Uh, my question to you is, would be uh, as far as your dad not playing the game and just being there to support. And, you know, he was an athlete, obviously. But how is that dynamic with him, you know, when you're younger as far as like the car ride home or some of the stuff that he, he kind of his approach to uh, parenting um, you as a hockey player? Yeah, I think I think it was kind of nice that he didn't play because it kind of gave me a little bit less stress in terms of those car ride homes, which you're talking about in terms of him critiquing me or stuff like that. And I think growing up, the really the only things that I ever got critiqued about were really in terms of like effort or, or kind of playing the right way or, or hitting guys. And it was never, Oh, you should have made this play or that play because he couldn't really speak too much to it. So a lot of it was just, making sure I was being a good teammate, a good person before anything else, really. Um, so growing up, he, he kind of really preached just, just being humble and being within yourself and making everyone else better. It's, it's not all about you. And like I said, it made it honestly a lot better for me because he didn't really have all that much knowledge about it to, to critique me and in, in plays I was making or stuff like that. It was more just, just being a good hockey player out there. Now with that, do you would you know, do you rely or did he rely on the on the coaches and just kind of defer to them and and you know talk about your youth hockey experience and where you played and your coaches and if there was any, you know, real impactful guys that you, you know, remember, you know, kind of making you who you are at those younger ages. Yeah, I was really lucky having uh some really good coaches growing up. So I I started playing with the Providence Capitals when I was really little. And then probably when I was 10 years old, went over and started playing with the South Shore Kings. And um, our coach there was Marty McGinnis. Um, his son, Chase, was was on our team and still one of my best friends to this day. So growing up from 10 to 14 or 15, whatever it is, Marty was my coach, which was, which was really nice because obviously he played for as long as he did and he knew what he was talking about. And I think Marty was really good at doing everything in the right way and not being kind of a hard ass about it, but making sure that you were, you were still getting better and stuff like that and, and really learning how to play hockey the right way, which I think he stressed a lot. But he, uh, he definitely had a huge impact on kind of growing up and learning to make plays and, and learn how to use my body different ways and, and different ways to produce offense because you can't just do it one in one way and one style. Sounds like some recruiting violations could have been uh... – on the hook there <laughs> for BC too. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Where's if we got any any UNH listeners here? We, we might need to throw a red flag out, guys. 
Yeah, I think uh, I don't think we broke too many, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We, when you when spent... you talk about that with 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 Marty and obviously he had you know was such a great player and great career, but were you know were, were practices like more skill based? Were they system based? Just because I ask it because I know you know I coach at the at the you know the Pee Wee Major Squirt Major level now, and you know it's just something that that kind of piques my interest. Yeah, I think a lot of it was flow and and getting moving and making plays while you're moving and being able to do stuff like that. I think, I don't think I probably played for him for five years. I don't think we ever did power play once in practice. So stuff like that was kind of thrown at you on your own, but I think a lot of it wasn't system-based and it was a lot of just kind of moving the puck and making passes and, and moving and stuff like that. It wasn't, wasn't anything super strict. So he uh, kind of let us have some fun that way. And I think in the long run, it, it worked out. I think when you're nine and 10 years old, you don't need to be working on your, your neutral zone four check or stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's great. I mean, as far as like going back to your dad, you know, he, he's deferring to uh, one of the, the best guys out there. Mighty's like an unbelievable guy, you know, mm-hmm. first and foremost, but then great hockey mind, handsome devil too. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, another, another fellow Eagle, which is, yeah. you know, yeah, here yeah, we go get him on. Exactly. <laughs> get him on. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, just as far as like that development, um, you know, that curve. So you're at an impressionable time at, you know, different stages of your development. But to have a guy like Marty um, kind of like guiding you like along that path is is invaluable. But going back to your dad, you know, some of these parents that, you know, we, we hear stories of might may have not uh, have played, but yet still kind of interject on those car ride home. So it was, yeah. it's good. To, yeah, it's good to hear that. Uh, you know, your dad, Todd, was, uh, you know, kind of hands-off approach, but stressing the right things, and that's playing the right way, being a good person, good teammate, and that's what we really uh, kind of advocate here for on this podcast. Yeah, definitely. I think, like I said, he did a really good job with it, and I think, I mean, for me, myself, I'm, I'm one of the most competitive people ever, and I know when I play bad, I know when I play good, so, I mean, when I play bad and he thought I played good, he he'd say good game and I'd immediately be like, no, I was, I was terrible. So I think he kind of understood that aspect of it too, where if I play bad, I knew, I knew that I was bad. So he didn't really uh, put too much more pressure on me. He just kind of washed it and, and went on to the next. Oh, it's such a good point though, because you, you know, whether it's self-motivation or self, you know, um, evaluation, evaluation yeah. it's, it's such an important part and it's, you know, you've got to be able to, you know, it's cliche, but like, look at yourself in the mirror and say, did I give it my all today? Or, you know, was I the, you know, did I make my teammates better and things like that? So to, to have that accountability um, on your, your own person, I think is huge. Yeah, for sure. I think you, you got to own up to your own mistakes and not even mistakes, just, just your own play and hold yourself to a higher standard, I think. And I think ever since I was little, that's, that's something I've done a good job with. I mean, I hate going out there and being, being a bad player on the ice or, we're not striving to be the best player out there. So I think, I think it was a, a good mix there for sure. With saying that, did you, you know, did you find yourself like if you did have a bad shift or, or something like that, would you get down or how did you kind of self-evaluate and, and, you know, make yourself get better so that you didn't, you know, hold your head down if you thought you had a bad game or a shift or something like that? I think I've learned a lot about it over last few years I think more than I did when I was younger I think when I was younger I didn't even really process it too much where I, 
in the middle of the game, I was like, oh, that was a bad shift. Your next one has to be good. But I think as I started going up levels and stuff like that, it was it was something I battled with a little bit more than I would want, have wanted to just because I think when I was younger, I had, I had a pretty good temper on me, so I'd lose it pretty easy, which I think I've, I've learned a lot about that over the last few years. But I think the big thing for me is just to have fun with it and, and to relax. And I think when I get a little too anxious and a little too too tight holding my stick or something like that it just turns everything bad so I think even now coming off after a bad shift or you don't touch it or you don't do much it's it's kind of just brush it off so Matt you um you talked about playing multiple sports how old um were you when you stopped playing them like what other sports I, I know you talked about playing different ones but when did you kind of sit back and focus strictly on hockey I stopped playing baseball after my freshman year of high school I played, uh, I went to my local high school my freshman year and then prep school my sophomore year. So prep school baseball season, my sophomore year was the same as golf season. So I chose golf over baseball. Uh, just have more of my buddies playing that. And uh, then lacrosse, I probably played from sixth grade to eighth grade, I want to say, and stopped after that because it was kind of the same season as baseball and it just became a little too much. And then I didn't really, though I started playing just hockey when I went to the national development program and I really didn't have a choice. So that, uh, that was kind of when hockey became, became everything and the only sport that I was going besides, uh, some fun golf on the side. Now you, you went to Dexter, uh, Dexter Southfield, played on a Danny Donato. Uh, could you talk to us about kind of that decision to go to the U S development program? And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great honor to be even, um, kind of recognized as one of the top players, but, was there a tough decision-making process? Because you're getting good coaching, you're getting a, you know, a different experience at Dexter versus, you know, kind of solely going in and, and becoming a hockey player per se uh, with the U.S. development. So could you just kind of walk us through that kind of decision-making process with your family and, and uh, what you kind of went through? And I want to take it back. Yeah. To you, did, I'm sure, I'm sure, Coach Donato sold you to the, uh, you know, the 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 board when you were getting in as a as a hockey and baseball player and he obviously coaches the baseball <laughs> team too. So how upset was yeah. he that you were like, Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go golf. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I was making that that varsity baseball team by any <laughs> means. So uh, I don't think yeah, he was wagon too mad. baseball too. Yeah, they're sick in baseball. So I uh that was another reason why golf was a little bit better. It was it was varsity golf or or J V baseball. So I uh, chose the golf. But uh, it was a really hard decision for me making that uh, that call to leave. Like I love Dexter. I uh, I went in with three of my best friends at the at the same time, which was awesome. I went with Marty Sanchase and then my other buddy Ben Meehan, who plays at UMass Lowell, and my other buddy Johnny McElhaney, who uh, he's playing uh, D three right now. And all of them are just Johnny Mac. Some of my best friends. Yeah, he's unreal. That was kind of a tough decision for me because I was leaving those guys and obviously a place that I wanted to be. But hockey-wise, I was uh, I was a little bit nervous to make the jump to the National Development Program. When I made that team, I was probably like 5'10", 155 pounds. Like I was a late bloomer, so I hadn't even really grown yet too much. So going to that camp, I don't think really a lot of people thought I'd make the team or that. If I did make the team, I'd be a fourth line guy and kind of just going through the motions and not be a really big impact player. So I think those thoughts came into my head that 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 could be what it was when 
obviously I would have been playing top minutes at Dexter and on the power play and stuff like that. So that was a little bit scary, but I kind of remember just sitting down with my parents and having a talk and my parents were like, we're happy either way. You make your decision, talk to the people you want to talk to, no matter what, I were here to support you and stuff like that, which is really nice because then it took that aspect away where I know that knew that they weren't really worried about me. And then from there, it kind of, Kind of went back to Marty there. I went and talked to Marty. He was probably my my last person to talk to about the decision. And he was just kind of like, he was like, just you, honestly, he was like, you should just go. And if it's that bad, you just leave. But like, that's the worst case that happens. <laughs> He's like, that's worst case scenario. He's like, but all these people think you're going to go there and you're not going to be good. So basically tell them to go, go after themselves, basically. So I think that was kind of a kick in the ass for me to be like, all right, like, let's do this. Let's make this jump and go in there. It was a, uh, it was a scary first couple of weeks, but once I kind of settled in, it was, it was awesome for me. And I loved it there. Oh, that's great. And and while you're out there, you actually, you know, you talked about not being, you know, one of the go-to guys initially been, and you ended up leading the team and shorthanded goals and stuff. So that kind of helped you, you know, just become a versatile player and, and kind of learn all aspects of the game. Yeah. I think going there, I think, I got to play in all situations, which was nice. But I think the big, biggest thing was just playing with those guys every day. I mean, we had eight first-rounders on our team. We had, like, 21 draft picks. Like, we were stacked. We, we had crazy everyone. We had everyone. So, I think just having those guys every day and, and showing up to the rink and you're doing three-on-two rushes with Jack Hughes and Cole Caulfield, it's uh, – it's pretty fun, and, and you learn a lot about different ways to play. I mean, uh, I took a lot from Cole, and Cole is half my size and 40 pounds lighter than me. It's it's crazy the stuff you kind of take away from there, and I think that was kind of the biggest aspect of it all to help me grow. Yeah, you have great players to surround yourself with in practice, and that's an important aspect of a, you know developing, you know, just being able to compete against one another day in, day out, and then when the games come, you know, you're a little bit more prepared, but I always, I really like that you just said that because I, you know, I would learn things from teammates, like even later in my career, if you just pay attention and you watch during drills or watch them kind of execute certain things in different areas of the ice, you can apply them to your game. And it's kind of neat, um, you know, for you to to say that because that's what I try to encourage some of these kids to do. And um, you can never stop learning and trying to get better. So that's good stuff. For sure. Yeah. I mean, everyone's good at what they're good at. So you take a little bit from everyone and, and you improve quite a bit. Well, talk about that, you know, out at the national development program. Well, what was that experience life like? And, you know, was it a tough adjustment leaving your parents and leaving that comfortability of, of being at your own house and things like that? Yeah, it was a, it was a big transition. I think you grow up really fast there for sure. And, uh, I mean, it hit you hard the first couple of weeks when you're living in almost a stranger's house and you're kind of thrown into this pro hockey lifestyle that you're 16 years old and you're trying to live it. And you're also trying to be a normal high school kid and have fun and stuff like that. So it's it's a weird jump for sure. But um, I think leaving home, I think my dad was, was comfortable with it and he was happy that, that I was going there. Cause I've always want, I always want to play there. It was a, a big goal of mine. And I think for my mom, she could care less about hockey. She just kind of cares about me. So it was a lot harder for her cause she was kind of letting her baby go. And, and 
kind of handed me off to someone else and that that was tough for her but I think she uh she adjusted pretty quick once I was there and she uh she gave me a lot of support which was nice yeah so like what would be a, a typical day like you go to school and then you you go right into uh practice time and I mean you play a ton of games and you're on the ice every day pretty much right yeah not too many off days there um so you wake up go to school school's probably about eight o'clock to 12 o'clock um have your classes and then you leave right before lunch um you go eat lunch at the rink and then kind of thrown into a workout right after lunch or and then after the workout you got skate after the skate you go to study hall so it's just kind of one thing after another you usually leave the rink around six o'clock and head home and uh, get some dinner at, at the billet house, which I was pretty lucky. I had a, I had a really good billet. Um, they, they were really good to me, really good cooks, which uh, was a big plus. But uh, <laughs> Tag on those pounds. Yeah, exactly. It was, it, was, uh, it was a big transition for sure, and it's a lot of hockey. But at that, at that age, I think I didn't even really realize it. It was, just, it was just fun going out there every day with the group we had. Did you um, live with anybody out there, or was it just you and the Billet family? Yeah, it was just me and the Billet family. Um, they had two kids that were older. So my first year, they were both in college finishing up, and then my second year, they were both at home. So it was kind of nice to have the the little different dynamic both years, which, which made it a little bit more interesting and a little bit more fun having them around. Cross-country mortgage. If you own a home and haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devon and see if it makes sense for you. Many people don't understand the impact that a refinance can have on their monthly savings or overall wealth. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so you can put more money into your savings or other projects. Check him out at chrisdevon.com, and he and the team at Cross Country can let you know if they can save you some money. Cross Country Mortgage, LLC, NMLS, number 47305. Yeah, well, you'll be able to afford those fancy new suits that you got for uh, down at the NHL not- Network, Mots, you know? Off the rack, dude. Off the rack. And uh, Morgan Stanley, for over 28 years, the Kelleher Corbett Group has been a trusted advisor to individuals, families, businesses, and nonprofit organizations. They provide clients with the scope, scale, and oversight of global financial services firm coupled with the independence objectivity and service capabilities of a boutique advisory and consulting group. Give them a call at 781-681-4949 or visit their website, morganstanley.com slash the Kelleher Corbett Group. And now, Matt Boldy. Oh, that's awesome. Talk us uh, through the, you know, the the, the draft and, and, you know, kind of where you were, were rated and, and, you know, nowadays with all the social media and we've had a lot of older guests and guys are like, oh, yeah, I had no idea I was even getting drafted or it wasn't even on my radar. But, mm-hmm. you know, you being a first round pick, was it something that that, you know, there was a lot of expectations on you or, or, or were you pretty relaxed going into it? Um, I think I was pretty relaxed. I think I kind of knew where I stood and where I thought I'd be. I think it was easy with the group we had because we had so many guys that fell into that that category of being first rounders that you could kind of talk to them about it and it made it a little bit less stressful. Going into it, I kind of knew where I was going to stand, so I wasn't too stressed about it. Um, 
And then the whole experience being drafted and everything like that was just, it was unreal. It was, uh, you sit there and the first few picks are fine because you know you aren't going. And then once you kind of hit that range where it's a possibility, you start to get a little bit nervous. And my, uh, I was sitting next to my brother and he, he always tells me about my, my little leg twitch or, or my leg jumping up and down. Couldn't stop it. So uh, that, that's kind of a funny story. And then just getting called, it's it's a, definitely a blackout moment. And you don't really remember too much, but it's uh, it was awesome for sure. That's that's awesome. It's such a great feeling. I, I'll tell you, I, I was in Pittsburgh during my draft. It was like nine rounds back then or whatever. It was like all in one day that it was just a, a kind of a marathon. But they called my brother's name. They wouldn't even let me down on the uh, – <laughs> on the floor <laughs> i'm like no i think like i'm in like a t-shirt and like shorts and uh my wife my my girlfriend at the time she's like i think they called your your name i'm like done they're like yeah rob's up there somewhere i mean he's not draft eligible but so anyway <laughs> it was like late in the day they're like whatever just like push it through so, but uh yeah so oh, my brother funny. got drafted i didn't oh that's awesome what about um the college selection process and, and obviously choosing BC. I know, you know, with the, the class you guys had, it was basically like, you know, blue chips with Nick Nolte and, and Shaquille O'Neal and everything. But, you know, was there any other schools on the radar or was it, um, you know, did Major Junior or any of that stuff kind of come into play? Uh, Major Junior never came into play, really. I got uh, I got drafted by Halifax, but. I mean, even to this day, I don't think I've ever spoken a word to anyone a part of that organization. So that was kind of that was never an option for me. Just but going to miss by um, that. <laughs> growing up, I think I always wanted to go to BC. I I grew up with Marty going going down to the locker rooms and with his his son Chase. So it it was a pretty easy choice. I I visited a couple other schools like Harvard and and uh, UConn and UMass and a couple others, but. Uh, it was always kind of waiting for BC to come and waiting for that offer. Obviously, Harvard was was a pretty good choice playing for, for Dan Donato at Dexter, having his connection there. So I, I was basically waiting for BC, and that, I knew that was always kind of where I wanted to be. Well, when you were there, you had, you know, some, you know, uh, some really good line mates. I used to go and watch, and uh, you got Newhook and Hardman, and you guys, mm-hmm. carry, you guys were really carrying the offense as a freshman. Um, you know, as you kind of got your feet wet and you just talk to us about, you know, getting through, you know, like that first, you know, getting on campus, kind of figuring your way and then really understanding like you guys could have such a big impact on, on a team, a high, you know, a high level, um, program in division one. Yeah, for sure. I think going in, um, I'd met new hook a couple of times, not too many, but, uh, just kind of brief, uh, brief meetings and we were roommates so that kind of made it easy and I, I kind of remember just sitting in there early on in the year and being talking to each other about the year and saying how we hope we'd play with each other and how we got to be good and stuff like that like I'm sure everyone does but I think the the adjustment of being at school was was pretty big it was pretty tough honestly even though I was closer to home it, it was a big jump playing against those guys and how good they were so I struggled my first half for sure. I had had my uh, my challenges with getting on the score sheet, but I think once I uh, came back from from Christmas break and stuff like that, and started playing with with Newhook and Hardman, it kind of flipped the switch for us. And I think we were just having fun with it. I think we were freshmen. We we obviously wanted to to be our best line. We wanted to play all the time, but 
we didn't really have that much expectation on our ourselves to be unbelievable, which I think helped us out because we were able to just go out there and kind of play. We had uh, we had quite a first line that year already with Hutsko, Cotton, and Julius. Um, so we we were pretty stacked already. So they didn't really need us to be absolute studs. We just needed to be all right. But I think it ended up working out where where we were playing really well and we were scoring every night. Your point about early on in the uh, first half of that season. I thought you played really well in all three zones. Yeah, yeah, you didn't really come on and get on the score sheet, but you're playing the game the right way, and that's encouraging, um, even though it's frustrating because you want to be in producing. But I remember talking to people. I'm like, listen, he, he's doing the right things, and it's just going to come. And then when you guys got connected uh, in the second half, there, you guys really took off, and I, I think you guys were very dynamic as a group, and it was fun to watch as a, as a fan and, um, you know, as a scout. So. That was uh, it was really neat. But I, as far as uh, BC, you know, in the dynamic forwards that have been there, you know, you do things a little differently. You know, it's just not all flash and dash. You you use your size to your ability. You know, your, your greatest asset, your hands passing, good shot, all well rounded. But what I what I want to ask you is like, was there someone in particular that you really watched growing up and kind of modeled your game after? Um, because like you do everything really well, but then, you know, as a bigger kid, you grew into your size. It's not like you, you're not consistently, Oh, you're not overly physical, but you win pucks and like you separate guys from pucks when you have to. So it's really, you know, trying to stress the message of checking is, you know, separating people from pucks and there's different ways to win pucks. So is there one particular guy or player that you watched growing up and you kind of modeled your game after? I wouldn't really say model my game after, but, I think growing up, I, I loved watching Crosby. He was kind of the, the young stud in the league when I was young. So he was a pretty easy one to watch. Um, but I, I don't really like to model my game after anyone. I think even when I was younger, I'd I'd watch Crosby highlights and then try to do it. And you can't do the stuff he does. So it's uh, I think it's a little unrealistic in some ways to do it like that. But I always just tried to kind of play the game that I knew how to play and let it come natural. But I think once I started kind of growing into my body and and learning how to use it and protect pucks and, and keep plays alive. Like, like I'm not burying anyone into the glass or, or throwing a big hit really, but I think I'm hard to take the puck from. And once I get it, it's especially below the dots. It's, it's a challenge to take it from me and being able to use that to, to open up space for my other line mates and find them and make plays. It's, it's a big thing. And I think it took a, a few years to learn that for sure. But I think the more that you're able to add different aspects to the game, the better you're going to be. No, that's great. That's a great message. And um, what I want to get into is, is you know, playing for Team USA. And obviously you went to the National Development Program. So obviously, you know, it wasn't your first time wearing the sweater. But, um, you know, representing your country at the at the World Juniors in 2021, obviously I know uh, how much fun I had just sitting on my couch watching it. But, you know, what was that experience like? And obviously, um, you know, winning a gold medal. It was awesome, I think. The group we had there, I think, was was the best best we could have had possibly. I think we had a lot of guys from our 01 team. I want to say we probably had like 13 guys, a fair amount of guys that everyone grew up playing with, everyone knew. So everyone knew everyone. So going in, everyone was kind of already friends. It wasn't anyone that was kind of sitting on the outskirts or wasn't really include anything. So it made a lot of fun, and it made us kind of be able to relax and have fun with it rather than being stressed about about playing well because we're so used to being around each other. But it, it was awesome. I think we went there with, 
with a lot of expectations for ourselves. And I think from day one, uh, Coach Lehman kind of stressed about about wanting to be the best team and his goals for us, whether it was this power play percentage or, or this penalty kill percentage and, and stuff like that. And I think we really lived up to those moments, which obviously obviously helped us win a gold medal for sure. But it was uh, it was definitely a, a great feeling being able to win that gold. Yeah, you have Spencer Knight kind of off to a shaky start, but it comes back and just backbones, you know, from the goal out. And you guys just were fun to watch. Like, so BY, like he was saying, like it was – just an exciting time. It's always a great tournament, but you guys just had like this little, you know, little different gear, you know, like in, and that swagger too. Yeah. And it goes back to, yeah. you know, your, your connectivity and your chemistry from years ago. And that's uh, it's pretty cool to see. Um, but your display, you know, what you were saying earlier was, uh, you know, about really knowing your game. And I think that's so important for kids to start finding, you know, what they're good at and what they can, you know, continue to work on, but knowing your game and like exactly how you described your game is how I see it as well, but below the dots. And that was on full display in the world juniors as well. But um, that's like a really good message. I think for people to kind of, or kids just to start kind of figuring out what they're good at, what they have to work on, but also just play to those strengths. And then, you know, things will fall into place. Yeah, for sure. I think you obviously have your strengths and those are going to shine brighter than your other aspects. But I think, like I said, the more, more you're able to add more more elements, more layers to your game. It's it's just going to create so much more opportunity. I think when I was younger, I I played kind of strictly with my mind and my my hands, and obviously that only works for so long. So learn those those new things to help produce definitely uh, had a big impact. No, oh, that's great. Well, we had uh, Scott Gomez on um, one of our last episodes, and him and Mots played together at the World Juniors. They had some pretty good you know, little, little antics and stories and, and fun little things that, that they did you, any, any, any of you guys, you know, any fun kind of PG stories that you can share? Uh, we, we had our fun for sure. I think I would say much of it was PG to be honest with you, but, uh, <laughs> well, how about PG 13? Yeah. Yeah. We had some characters on our team. I think, which I, I think it made everyone kind of a lot lighter and a little bit, a little bit less stressed out about the whole tournament. I think I'm sure you can attest to it, Mots, but just like being there, you're there for two weeks and it's two weeks to kind of go, go, go and not much rest. So for us to have guys like, like Trevor's egress and, and Brendan Brisson, like those guys are characters. Like they have an absolute blast and they keep it really light. And honestly, like going through that tournament, you would have thought that, if you were inside our locker room, you would have looked around at us, the stuff we were doing. So it would have been like, you guys are absolute idiots. Like, <laughs> just like some some of this stuff is just like, just nonsense that just makes everyone laugh and stuff. And it, it took the edge off a lot. Oh, that's awesome. Is there, uh, I mean, just w- with Zegris in general watching, like the, is the stuff that he's doing with the puck now, like, I, I mean, I always felt as a player, I had pretty good hands, but the stuff that he can do, and obviously we just saw it on display at the all-star game and the skills competition. Like, is he using like super glue at the end, on the end of his tape or like, well, what, what, how is it possible? I don't know. He, uh, the stuff he does is nuts. It's for sure. But I think the funniest thing is I played with him a lot at the program and I've seen him do those things, like try to do them so many times. Like it's, it's not even, honestly, it's not even surprising when he does it. Like 
we'll have guys on our team that'll be like, oh, did you see see what he did? And it's like, yeah, like I saw us, like I've seen him try to do that 25 times. Like it just finally worked out for him. But he's uh, <laughs> he's one of the kids that just, he stays on the ice for 35 minutes and he could stand in one spot and just, he does that stuff like crazy. He picks it up, throws it around. It's It's fun to watch and honestly being out there with him and trying to do it, it's, it's nuts the control he has with it. So. Is that something like at the national program, was that encouraged or was it, you know, something that had come back to the bench and the, and, and your head coach would be, would be giving it to him? No, uh, they were really good with us, especially him. I think (laughs) our, our first year and a half, I want to say like a year and a half, we, we kind of preached only offense in a way. Um, Obviously we had our responsibilities that we had to do, but, we weren't ever really torn apart for anything turnovers or nothing. We, we were kind of encouraged to play creative, um, which I think helped us a lot. Like we had, we got our systems and ideas that everyone knew and that we were supposed to follow, but that was just kind of like the basis. If you want to go elsewhere, you could go elsewhere and you're not going to hear much about it. So I think you go back and watch uh, some of the goals we score. There's, there's a lot of them that are really cool and definitely not chipping pucks in or dumping it in too much on that team. That's, that's actually really good. I mean, to, to be able to get away with that as a coach who's just totally encouraging the skill development is like, it's, it's refreshing to hear because you, you see youth ho- hockey coaches now trying to coach for wins and they're chip and chase when these kids are like 10, mm-hmm. 11, 12 years old. And like, it's doing a disservice to them in my opinion. But um, as far as like you, you're uh, your second year at BC, you uh, lead the team in scoring uh, un- unfortunately came up uh, short in the NCAAs, but how valuable was it when you signed and went to Iowa to get that pro uh, experience? I mean, I-, I know like it's, it took a little bit longer maybe than you wanted to, but looking back, I, you know, there's, there's a kind of a progression and I always encourage players to be able to go after a season and play in pro and you had success there, but you just talked to us about that that kind of process and your signing pro your kind of decision-making and, and, you know, that whole time, mm-hmm. time frame. Yeah. The decision was really hard. I think just, I love BC more than anything. It was, I had an absolute blast. I, I loved the school. I loved hockey there. I loved our coaches. I loved everything. So it was a tough decision to make, but I think ultimately it was, it was what I needed to do to kind of make that next jump. And, leaving early and not having uh, the spring uh, at BC and getting some games under my belt, I think was huge for me. Um, just kind of the, the biggest thing. It was, it was, was a COVID mentally. spring anyways, right? Yeah, you're right. Well, I didn't have spring my freshman year either because we got oh, shut God. down because of COVID. So you poor kids. So I've heard the stories about spring. I know. Yeah. Mots will fill but, you in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we're, uh, I get one, but, um, yeah, I think mentally, I think was the biggest thing for me going, uh, going to Iowa, just being able to make that next jump, that next level and, and have success mentally, knowing that you can play at that level, just knowing that you're one more step closer to being able to play in the NHL, I think was the biggest thing for me. No, oh, that's great. I wanted to talk to you about your assistant coaches at BC before we jump forward. Obviously, Brennan Buckley's a, a, a good friend of ours yeah. and, a, and, and a buddy. And obviously we know his character and I'm sure he, he, keeps it pretty uh 
pretty classy with 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 you guys but uh and and mike ears was was my goalie up at at unh and was a great player and stuff but talk to us about those guys and that dynamic yeah, and obviously brooks awesome. o- o- and opic too i forgot about brooksy yeah yeah so they're awesome uh buck's hilarious he uh <laughs> he keeps it light for sure um but i think buck's buck's just a great person all around like you can't find a person that doesn't like him which i think's uh, a really big uh attribute to him being able to get guys and into bc and and convince them to go there just because it's hard to meet him and say that he's he's a bad coach or that he's a bad person he's he's awesome he's an awesome human being and obviously he knows what he's talking about he uh he ran our power play so we had some some fun meetings with him uh while i was there for sure but there's he's awesome too he's he's really smart he's uh, a little bit more serious than buck but at the same time he, he keeps it light too and makes sure that we're having fun so just just overall they're both unbelievable people and then brooks is awesome brooks is just you can turn to him and really ask him anything he's he's kind of been through it all and he's so smart um and have him there i think is another big reason why some guys commit there you have coaches like that it makes it easy to to put your trust in them to go there and get a lot better so you can't really ask for a better coaching staff with with Jerry being the head coach and everything he's accomplished. He's uh he's got a good staff over there for sure. Well, it, may, it makes sense now why your power play breakout was off the glass and out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, show you his straight wooden stick that he used to use too. Brutal. Oh, literally uh, no curve he, at uh, all. Is high and out. He brought one of his uh old Easton synergies to the rink to use for practice. And it was like 35 pounds. I swear. Straight <laughs> curve. Terrible. I played with them in the Terrible. summers when he used to use the old Sherwoods that were literally, it was like, you couldn't even fit a dime underneath the curve. <laughs> oh, but you could slash anyone with it. That's what Oh yeah. It was heavy. He would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a great person. They yeah, great staff over there. We, uh, Buck and I go way back and we were actually roommates in the, on the road. Um, in the minors as well so he's just a, like you said that was really nice of you to say it was like a great person great human but uh also does a great job there um on the staff and brooksy and az uh az are, are solids as well and they're in good yeah. shape over there let's just put it that way exactly now were there any but you know obviously you 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 know like mott sasha you you made the transition a pro and you know you played 14 games and had 18 points, which is obviously, you know, great to get your feet wet. But, you know, and, and now moving on to the NHL, has there been any guys that have kind of, you know, taken you under your wing and, and really like, all right, this is pro hockey, like this is what it's all about and, and, and taught you how to be a pro? Yeah, I think all the guys have been really good to me, which which has made it really easy. Um, I think we have a really good group with, with really good leadership that kind of encourages that bringing everyone in and not kind of the whole rookie this, rookie that stuff. I think they do a really good job with it. I think we obviously have our, our rookie stuff and, and show a lot of respect to those guys, but they do a really good job of kind of handling it the right way and stuff like that. So they've been awesome, but definitely some guys that have looked after me. Like I got told to get a place here, and, I mean, right away I guys asked me if uh, – I wanted to move in with them. I'm actually living with uh, Jordan Greenway right now. So he was nice enough to let me move into one of his extra bedrooms. So the guys have been awesome. They've made it really easy for sure. Did he get his license yet? Yeah, he can drive now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like like 21 years old. He was like Keith, my brother. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I just couldn't understand <laughs> that. 
Keith's like, why would I get a car when, like, I mean, why would I get my license? I don't, I can't even afford a car yet. Like, he waited till after. So it, was, it was funny. But uh, BCBU in the house, I mean, the the, the rivalries, especially with the Beanpot going on. I know. I was hoping for the the BC win yesterday or the other day just to, to have a little competition with them here in the house. But uh, BC lost, so I guess he already won that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're buying dinner. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Tough bounce on that, but yeah, that that's one of the best um, conversations that you know you can have, or the news that you are able to get a place because that really solidifies your spot. You know, you've gotten off to a really hot start. You have um, great chemistry with uh, Fiala and Jadro, um, and and like you, you have like these guys. You know your, your your team is set up really well, and adding you into the mix and you showing that you belong plus is uh, is very exciting for number one the organization, but also um, you know as a fan to watch. Um, you know as as of right now, you have ten points in eleven games, and that's just uh, you know off to a good start. But you're playing the game the right way, and, and that's the one thing that you 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 have set yourself up to to have the success. And we just wish you the best, like moving forward. But um, you know, I was just reading a bunch of stuff and, you know, people start to talk about a call to push even, you know, like if you keep up the same pace. So that's yeah. like really cool stuff. And, you know, we're just uh, we'll, we'll be having our Boldy jerseys on here moving forward in the uh, the second half. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, Matt. Well, uh, this has been great. We really appreciate you you, you taking the time out. And uh, like Mott said, we're we're all Boldy fans here. We're uh, we're we're you know we're rooting on the Wild and 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 you especially. So good luck and uh, tell our buddy Nick Bukestad we said hello, and uh, and some of the other guys. All right, all right sounds I good, Bulls. Sure. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks for taking the time, bud. Good yeah, luck. Really appreciate it. Of course, no problem. All right, see you, buddy. See ya. Big thanks to Matt Boldy for joining us on the Ring Shrinks. Uh, that interview was brought to you by Franklin Street Hockey, the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Head to franklinsports.com and check out the NHL mini hockey rink and other mini hockey products for the whole family. Yeah, Matt Boldy obviously played his fair share of uh, street hockey using the Franklin balls back in the uh, back in his heyday. I'm sure he still does and works on those mittens that he's got, that's for sure. Um, the best the best thing about him is he has he knows his game. And this is something that I mentioned uh, on the telecast. It was when we were talking to him, and he just—he's so confident in you know a bunch of different ways. But the the moment never gets too big for him, whether it be World Juniors, first NHL game, you know, just kind of like taking it all in, but still performing at a high level. But he knows his game, so this was important. This is important for kids to hear. If you are you know a good skater, use that skill set, right? If you're a dangler and you want to dangle. Try to dangle and move the puck. You know, make your teammates better around you. But he knows that he's he's six two, but he doesn't try and blast you through the boards because he's just a bigger kid. He uses that size offensively and then defensively with a good extended stick, and it's just really cool to watch. And um, it's very apparent that he he's comfortable in his own skin and he's comfortable as a hockey player. Yeah, no, he's uh, I I love his game. I love watching him play, and he's just going to continue to get better and better. So. Super uh, thankful for, for, for him to, you know, jump on the show and the podcast with us. It was it was a blast to talk to. And like I said, you know, he must be super excited to, you know, be told to get a place and, and somewhere to live. So it's it's really cool. And I think it's cool to for, you know, our listeners to see like that a little bit of that process, too, where, 
you know, now he, he, you know, the GM tells him he's going to be up for the rest of the year and to find a place. And, you know, a fellow Beanpot guy, uh, you know, uh, Jordan Greenway takes him in and he's, he's, you know, staying at his house. And uh, so it's pretty cool just to see those like type of relationships and, and the behind the scenes stuff. So super uh, excited to watch him the rest of the season. Uh, Mott's, I, you know, I think it's amazing. You, 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 you're down at the NHL network representing and, and looking good, obviously, weeks he gave us a little shout out and at the end of the the show earlier today so that was cool but it was uh obviously last night i was watching uh tuesday night i was watching the um you know crosby scores 500th goal against against my brother's team so i just wanted to chat with you about that like how how cool was 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 that and being able to watch it and talk about it on on national tv well he's just a spectacular player obviously but you know it goes well beyond what you see you know you hear about you know, what type of leader he is, what type of – we talk about this all the time, though, which is interesting, that burning, like that internal burn to, like, be the best you can be. And he has that, and he has he has a skill set to support it to allow him to be one of the best players in the world, if not, you know, the best in, in certain at certain times of his career. But a couple of funny stories, you know, you, you start talking and, and asking uh, people. Uh, so Rob Scuderi, who I played with at BC, was a teammate of his for a while, and – first two or three days of training camp said they're doing a uh a, a four check drill and i just told this story on, on yeah yeah I, I actually turned on the last 10 minutes of you on tv and saw yeah. you tell it. but so, but tell the listeners so rob scuderi who played at bc he's, he's just kind of on the bubble getting going here uh with pittsburgh's organization so they're doing a terrible drill for d in my opinion right just go in you're on an island you got to try and make a play out of nothing with like limited support so he's like, I don't know. I, I'm just gonna just rim it and get it get it out. So he rims it around in the glass. Sid's coming down and takes a bounce, hits him square in the air. So next thing you know, he's like, Oh no, I just ruined the franchise for you know a little <laughs> bit here. Scott, he's like, Scott just oh, rattled. Yeah. So uh, fast forward to the next day, Sid's wearing the earpieces and he's never taken them off. So I'm like, I was always wondering why he was wearing those goofy. Right. Earpieces. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that was the reason why Rob Scuderi. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I heard uh, I heard you tell that story. That was cool and and uh, just a stud. And I, I you know I love how you also brought up just like his work ethic. And I think it was weeks he just talked about the way you know he's a superstar, obviously, and like superstar skill set. But his work ethic and you know when he does something wrong. Uh, or, or misses an opportunity, or maybe you talked about it, like misses an opportunity, like the next day in practice, he's out and he's doing it again. And I think that's just so important for these young guys to hear. Like, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to screw up chances, but like, how do you respond, right? Yeah, and that's that was the point. It was, again, Scud gave me that information about Crosby missed an opportunity and it was like a, a short side chip, like tip. You know that how he does that now? Right, like, yes. Yeah, so he missed it. Which is an unbelievable play. Yeah, and so he had, you know, the D shooting pucks before practice, and he just, and then he started getting like eight out of 10 of them. And he's like, I don't, you know, Scott was like, I don't know if he saw one like, you know, soon after that. But when you see it, like, that's like, yeah. that's something that he worked on because he had an opportunity to do it, didn't do it well. So then he worked at it. And, you know, that's one of the, the cooler tips that you can see. Like, he's 10 and two, and he just, you know, kind of just redirects it with his forehand. But that's, you know, something about him where, he will find ways to be the best in certain things. And he's very focused on those. Like I remember, you know, it was like face-off percentages, you know, like he was down and he wanted to be better at face-offs. He wanted to be out there at the end of games. This is earlier in his career. Right. 
And then also, um, you know, people are giving him some static about not scoring goals as shot. And then he goes out and scores 51 because he was yeah. shooting more. So Unbelievable. Good stuff, you know, you know. And it's cool to see, you know, there's some generational players that we're able to see right now, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, and, and like I said, and then, you know, on the same night, Ovi scores his 30th goal for, you know, 16th time in his career, which is amazing. But, uh, you know, one place where you can go for those highlights is Skit Scott. I'd like to talk to you about Skit Scott. It's a new video-based social media platform that combines the best functionalities of TikTok and Instagram. Skitscott's feature-rich audio and video editor allows its users to create videos up to one minute long. The platform allows users to use augmented reality filters, picture-in-picture, layered audio, and other editing tools found only in costly movie production rooms to express themselves in that one-minute video. Skitscott is also a secured social media platform that respects the privacy of its users. Get your skitty on. Get your skitty on and and go check out those, you know, OV and Crosby highlights. The other thing is, uh, you know, we had a, a, a cool post that, you know, the team behind us, obviously, we're not the ones out there posting everything, but uh, it was from John Beck. And I loved uh, reading the comments. Mots, did you did you check out that post at all? I did uh but the it was it was amazing and some of the comments like i love just you know riley sheehan right away like he was one of the first ones that responded and you know was like hey i love this and and just so people know it was um the post was parents sometimes the hardest thing to do is just support your child regardless of their performance the most important things a player can hear after a game are i love being at your games i love you and i'm proud of you especially um everything else can wait there is there's always a time and a place so i just love that and like i said uh I love Riley, jimmy Dowds. yes i was gonna say <laughs> jimmy Dowds was awesome even in the nhl guys just want to have a play date after a win or a loss the truth <laughs> relax uh and then he goes funny but a hundred percent true uh a couple others you know amen and, and and things like that and then i found one from a mother from my team which i was wasn't at the games this weekend but I hope the dad at my son's game last weekend is reading this after he screamed at his son's team, calling them a bunch of quitters and then started cheering for our team. And then she did the emoji over the face. (laughs) That's that's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I love the cheering for the other team. So I'm not sure who the game was against, but yeah, pretty, uh, pretty amazing. (laughs) Crazy. But But once again, yeah. yeah. Love the interaction. Love it. Keep the comments coming and fill up the mailbag for next week. Yeah, fill up the mailbag. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, reach out to us on email or DM us on Instagram. Leave us a voicemail, 3476-SHRINK, or email us, rinkshrinks at gmail.com. Instagram, again, at the rinkshrinks, and Twitter, at rinkshrinks. Next next week's a mailbag episode, so... Make sure you guys hit us up. Uh, all right. What do you say, Mots? Time to cue the ring shrink shuffle or what? Yep. Good show. Love it. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.